what's going on, everybody? Ears Up Podcast, in-depth, live uh, on this Tuesday, November 7th, which is the greatest day uh, in your life, Jeremy, because it is also my 46th birthday today. Oh, oh, today is your 40th. Oh, yes, it's November 7th. That's right. Yeah. So happy birthday to oh, me. Did you really want to record today? No. Oh, you could have said no. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, what else am I doing? You know, it's either oh. I'm going to do what I did last night is fall asleep on the couch watching <laughs> the one of the worst found footage horror movies in the entire universe or oh, okay. um, do the show. It's just, oh. it, you know what I mean? At this well, point in my life, it's either work or fall asleep on the couch. Okay. Well, I feel honored that you would celebrate your birthday. Of course. Know, talking yeah. about Disney news with me. <laughs> of course. Well, where else would I be? You know, upstairs yeah. with my family. I mean, come on. Yeah. No. I had enough of them at dinner. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Well, happy it's birthday. Fun. 46, well, huh? Thanks. Yeah, 46, man. And uh, man, I did a whole bunch of stuff today. I had therapy today. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and I have this show. So I've worked on myself. Now I'm working uh, for the man. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, 46, man. It's weird. It's weird. It's a weird time. I feel older. Was turning somehow. 46 a topic of the therapy? It would be for me. It it wasn't. Uh, I mean, it was in in the sense of like there's certain things I am working on where it's like it all relates to like childhood trauma or whatever. But it's very much like I feel uncomfortable accepting. I like attention. I want attention, right? Which is why you know entertain, I guess, or do podcasts or whatever. But I don't like individual attention. Mm-hmm. I don't like one on one attention. I don't like opening gifts in front of people that they give me. I don't like mm-hmm. that. So like Taryn and Alice got me a couple nice things for my birthday and I didn't, I, I, I'm a 46 year old man. I can't look them in the eye while I open their gift. I can't look at them. I would rather not. I would rather open gift by myself. Well, you could arrange that. It's your birthday. Go be like, I'll be in here. Good. Yeah. But like, you know, I'm not going to do that. So it's just one of those things where like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm trying to process through and like why that is. So you were like, therapist, listen. I can't look at anybody when I'm opening up these presents. And I hate it. Yeah. And like Christmas, I go, you guys open, you, you keep going, you do the thing. And then I'll have like eight gifts in a row. And it's like, this is very counter to what I'm trying to do, which is avoid being looked at <laughs> or mm. cared for, I guess. It's a whole thing. Man. Well, you should open your on Christmas. You should open yours during the, the present opening free for all. And that way, when everyone comes up for air from opening their gifts, you're done too. Yeah, well, you know? we don't really do the, yeah, we just kind of go in, in turns. Oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I also like that because then you get to see what other people, it's only us. So you get like, the reaction, yeah. yeah. Anyway, whatever, who cares, right? Getting older is weird. Uh, the more you do it, the more you realize that you should have gotten older sooner because you, you learn more about yourself. You know what I mean? Like if I knew in my 40s what I knew in my 20s or vice versa, uh, it would have been a whole different, whole different, you know, Life, I guess. It's weird. Things like that are weird to me. Yeah. But you know what's not weird? The slate of Disney news. We have a t- spate, spate of Disney news. We have a ton of Disney news to get through. Some good stuff, too. I'm excited about it. Oh. Again, it feels like there's not a whole... There was a while there were like nothing was happening. Mm. But now there's a ton flowing, if you will. And uh, I can't wait to get into it, Jeremy, because I know you have a couple good ones. I have yeah. a few good ones, too. And, uh, you know, we're going to get through it together like we always do. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know what I touched. I told you what my stories are, but I don't know what yours are. This is going to be a surprise to me. You're very <laughs> cagey about it all day. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look, it's my birthday. What do you want That's me right. to do? You get to Respond do whatever you want. <laughs> you get to hide all of your stories from me on your birthday. That's the rule every year. Um, how many? It's my birthday every time we record then. How um how many do you have? Two? Two. All right. Let me start with one. Okay. It's a Bob Iger one, which I'm always going to try to pick out the Bob Iger stories because that's what I like to do. I enjoy doing that. Yes. Because this man, that's all I have to say. <laughs> What's um, he up to? <laughs> this is uh, from ABC News, and it's something we've, you know, uh, heard uh, about before, I suppose. I'm sure this will be perfectly uh, unbiased uh, look at him, <laughs> given that oh, it's yeah. ABC News owned Absolutely. by him. Yeah. Uh, Disney to acquire the remainder of Hulu from Comcast for roughly $8.6 billion. Walt Disney said it will acquire a 33% stake in Hulu from Comcast for at least $8.6 billion, a deal that will give Disney full control of the streaming service. Now, I remember a time when Iger came on and he made a, he made a swear, he made a promise mm -hmm. that he wasn't going to do any big acquisitions. That was his like one of his things. Right. Because he was sort of like, that's what he's known for. He's known for buy, like buying IP, buying this, buying that. Mm -hmm. He said he was not going to buy anything big. Here we are, $8.6 billion later. I understand why it's very strategic. There's a lot of strategery going on for the Disney company. It makes sense. But, you know, I feel like uh, he ran on the platform of not buying anything. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and here we are after cutting, you know, 7,000 jobs and, uh, you know, fighting to pay, uh, fighting against paying people minimum wage or uh you know we're at a, a point where we're buying hulu but wasn't this set in motion already like weren't they contractually obligated to complete this acquisition by a certain date that is possible i don't know of course abc news is not telling me that but you know it's not i'm not getting a full rundown of it well, I could Disney be wrong. Company. I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't have any chance to research your story ahead of time because I didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, uh, as if, as if you would have done that anyway. Sometimes I do. Oh, okay. I if you, did. I like to at least have a couple points to talk about if you're talking about something I'm not familiar with. However, uh, what I would, I don't, so I can't speak to this perfectly, but I do feel like I remember reading somewhere that this was a phased acquisition and that they were obligated contractually to complete the purchase of Hulu at, at some point. Now, I don't know if that was in stone, if that if they had negotiating room with that, but I remember that was sort of the plan. And for some reason, I had it in my head that this had to happen. So he might, his hands may have been tied coming back into the fold with this, but we... I remember that too. Now that you right? see a doesn't that seem yeah. familiar? Yeah, but I don't know. It would take me. The problem is like if you Google something, you can't. You can't. First of all, you can't Google anything anymore. It doesn't give you anything remotely close to what you need. So I got this from Deadline. They said in September, Comcast CEO Brian Roberts called the initial minimum valuation of twenty-seven point five billion a hypothetical. Uh, both sides have been public about wanting to get a deal done, and the timeline they had re the, and the timeline had recently been accelerated. In early September, the two media giants said they'd modified their Hulu agreement to enable the expected buyout of the streamer to launch on September 30th instead of January 2024. I actually don't really know what I, I said words. Um, yeah, so I, I think they did have an agreement. I think you're absolutely right. And uh, but I wonder what the timeline was. It sounds like it was advanced a little bit. Yeah, it does sound like that. So I don't know there what, you go. I guess so they, what will they happen? All wanted it done. Will Disney? Will is Hulu going to still be a standalone service? Is it going to get wrapped up into Disney Plus? Like, what are they going to do? I, 
I don't know what they're going to do. My thought is that they're going to leave it alone for a couple of years because there's so much content on Hulu that is not necessarily uh, right for the Disney Plus umbrella. You know, there's a lot of horror movies and a lot of adult sort of content, a lot of FX stuff on there too, FX Network. Oh, yes. All those really good American crime uh, stories, like when they (laughs) did about Betty Broderick and all that. I love those. Uh, It's pronounced Broderick, actually. Is it really? No, it's a uh, a young Frankenstein reference. Sorry. Oh. A movie you haven't seen, I just kind of realized. And there's another, uh, oh, what's the other one? Oh, the American crime story about Elizabeth Holmes from, um, you know, with the blood testing device. And she got, or she's, you know, the, she's that fraud. Yeah, that was yeah. a great one. <laughs> yeah, that's not necessarily Disney Plus, uh, you know, stuff. They have yeah. uh, Nat Geo. But that's my thought. Is I think they're going to leave it alone and see what they can do. Maybe down the line, they'll wrap it up together into one, one app. But with a lot of these streaming services anyways, it's hard to find stuff. You ever try to find anything on Amazon Prime? It's impossible. And they only have so much retail space to put up what's new, right? And so if you have all these other things, um, all the networks, all the IP that Disney has now, there's, there, you wouldn't be able to put anything. You wouldn't be able to properly advertise to your your watchers your subscribers within the app there's no way so i think you have to leave it separate that's my thought i like uh i like roku because roku will search all of you can search for a title and it will tell you which streaming service it's on yeah that i i don't have roku but i do have a plex server and they'll they do that too you can mm. figure it out and which one of your friends has it and stuff like that Wonderful. but anyway there you go the uh mr i'm not gonna buy anything anymore is bot stuff yeah, apparently they just had 8.6 billion lying around. Right, right. <laughs> but don't worry about it. It's fine, right? I'm sure it'll be all right. Yeah. All right, what you got, Jer? Hit me. Well, if Harmonious made you sick, wait until you hear about Luminous and its list of music. See, once again, you've been treading on thin ice with these, and I think they're going to go one way in a very vulgar area, uh, and they don't, and I can't tell if I'm relieved or disappointed. <laughs> I don't know I have to keep it clean for the audience. Girthworm would be all upset yes i'm sure the uh, man called girthworm would be very upset <laughs> with uh anyway go ahead we've been waiting for the new nighttime spectacular coming to epcot for several months now ever since it was announced back in january that the much maligned harmonious mostly just maligned by me would be ending <laughs> its short-lived run this year in april which it mercifully did in the meantime epcot has brought back the interim show Epcot Forever, and recently Disney announced that the new permanent show to come to World Showcase Lagoon will debut in less than a month on December 5th. So it's coming at us pretty quickly. Wow. And for a while, details on the show were scant, but last week, the Disney Parks and the Disney Parks blog came out with some new details on the show. And unfortunately, it's not looking or sounding too good oh no uh if you were especially if you're original the original show illuminations and its predecessors illuminations 2598 and reflections of earth now i want to go on the record and state that i think that i have been very open-minded about this i have been hopeful (laughs) i have been dare i say positive in my thoughts and my outlook thinking that they and in fact i think it was on our last show where i said I think that they might be bringing it back to the original, you know, an original story. It's basically going to be Illuminations 2.0. Right. So 
I was really holding out hope. And almost immediately, this article by Joey McElroy, communications manager from Disney Live Entertainment, came out on the park's blog. And it's over. My dream is dead. I mean, I'm reading this. I'm re- now, have I seen the show? No. No. But I believe that I am in, I'm, I'm not judging the show. I'm judging what Disney is telling me about the show. Okay. And doesn't sound very good. And there's also some audio where we're going to hear too. Here's what Joey from the Disney Parks blog has to say. We're just over a month away from the launch of the latest nighttime spectacular from Disney Live Entertainment, Luminous, the Symphony of Us. Featuring dazzling fireworks, fountains, lights, and music to connect us all through commonalities of the heart. This all-new show... (laughs) What the... Commonalities of the heart. Yeah. Means nothing. These are... It's empty pap. This is just words. It's chat GPT got a hold of the Disney company. Oh, wait. So, because here's the thing about this article. I don't like the message or the messenger. Because I don't like the details that they are outlining and also the way that they put this in this article is so terrible that it's – I hate both of it. It's not (laughs) like it's a poorly written article with really great details. It's a shit article with – telling me about a really terrible show that I think is (laughs) coming. So um, this all-new show shines a light on how each of our unique melodies comes together to form a great symphony. The symphony of us. So first of all, and I know I've said this year before, but stop making everything about me. Stop putting all the pressure on me. You are the magic. Like everything's got to be me doing all this. It's first of all, it's incredibly narcissistic, like for me to walk into a park and to think that everything should just be about me. The whole trend of everything about me. I don't want me. I live with me. I have me all the time. (laughs) <laughs> I could have just need to get away from me and see something else. Okay. I want to see Disney or I want to see a story that they have to tell. When's it going to be Disney? Disney. Yeah. Oh, Disney. God. I can't believe they haven't even tried that yet. The article continues much like a beautiful piece of music. Luminous, the symphony of us is made up. So it's not <laughs> itself a beautiful piece of music. It's like a beautiful piece of music. <laughs> yeah. They are definitely is, couching. They're couching this for sure. Like, well, we never said it. it was beautiful. It is like a beautiful piece of music, but it's not. Right. Fine. It's yeah. made up of a series of movements. Just be like, like, not a beautiful piece of music. Be like, like a symphony, Luminous, the symphony of us is made up of several movements. Like that or, would make more sense. Luminous, the story of us is made up of several movements. <laughs> Like, you don't need to have flowery language all the time. Just come out and say what it is. Right. Like, Illuminations had several movements. They weren't like, it's like a symphony, guys. Get it? So, but, you know, Disney thinks we're all so stupid and everything has to be so heavy handed and like beating me over the head. Like, there's no subtlety anywhere. What all of this, what all of their PR communication reminds me of is just the mom's panel. Yeah. Yeah. The Disney mom's panel where all of those, uh, you know, responses and stuff is is all just the same sort of like, oh, I remember my first time when I breathed uh, the air inside the bathroom off the Main Street uh, runway and it changed my life. So uh, therefore, I think you should really call early and get reservations for Carthay Circle. Like there's no <laughs> it's that kind of stuff. And I think what they've done is I think they lean into that more with their PR maybe is sort of adapting to that because people respond to that. There's 
a section, the, the most vocal Disney fans, the diehards who go all the time, no matter what the cost is, no matter how long the lines are, they're still there and they're online touting the company. They respond to those things better. And so I think it's just they're kind of like feeding into the 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 people who they already who already like them anyways. Right. And they're not being real people. Right. That makes any sense. Yeah. So each of these series of movements, each representing life experience, life experiences that we have in common, showing us that we're more alike than we are different. Okay. And the reason why they're having to do all this is because no one is going to gather this from this show. You are going to go. This is a Disney IP show. It's here's a bunch of Disney music that we think you need to hear right now. Mix up in a blender, bookended with two original songs. Go away. Good night. That's this show. But they can't because it's not obvious what the story is from that. Like hearing you've got a friend in me like, oh, I get. So they have to tell us this literally verbatim so that we have to go tell of our friends. Like, why are they playing this song now? Well, these are our common shared life experiences. (laughs) Don't you feel a connection? I see what you're saying, but like, I, you know, in that instance where you can imagine someone turning to someone else on Main Street and go like, you feel our hearts connected now more than ever through our shared experiences. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I really hope that in the boardroom, they're, they think that this is how fans talk to each other. I, that would make me feel good. Like, this is how they think we communicate. Punctuating these movements of the, you know. Yeah. where we're learning about how we're more alike than we are different, punctuating these move, movements will be two original songs written just for this spectacular, as well as new arrangements of carefully selected Disney songs we all know and love, which, first of all, I think is a little presumptuous. Who are you to tell me that I love <laughs> any of these songs? We all know and love them, Jeremy. We all do. And if you don't, they will be uploaded to your neural net. <laughs> There's one of the songs in it is You've Got a Friend in Me. I don't know that there's a song on this planet. I think I like the chicken dance more than I like You've Got a Friend in Me. That song is terrible. You got a friend. So then it starts to tell us a bit more about the show. At the start of the show, World Showcase comes to life as we hear voices from each pavilion welcoming us to this great gathering. When I read this, I stopped dead in my tracks. I'll be honest with you. I was like, okay. I'm listening because at this point in the article, remember, I don't know that this is going to be filled with Disney IP necessarily yet. I, I mean, it says Disney songs, but like I'm, I'm still kind of like working my way into this. It, it's, but it sounded kind of like like Illuminations or whatever, where they did the wasn't it the pre-show or it was like in different languages. Illuminate, not a Reflections of Earth, but Illuminations 25 and Illuminations okay. 98 in the 90s both started with the countries each welcoming you. Yes. There you go. In their See, own language. Attention. Thank you. Yes, you were doing yeah, very good. So you. I'm so I'm like, oh, okay, I like this. Let's go. Yeah. With the tap of a conductor's baton, our first movement begins with the original song, Heartbeat Symphony. And here, this is what he says. For me, nothing says Epcot nighttime spectacular like a sweeping ballad. What? A sweeping ballad is what sweeping ballad a, a nighttime spectacular for you. I don't know. The sh- Illuminations Reflections of Earth opened up with a segment called Chaos. Like it was, it was written in like five, four, seven, eight, nine, eight time. Like there was nothing ballad <laughs> about it. I don't know what this guy's talking about. And that show ended before we go on. It ended in in um, a section called Celebration, which was written in seven, eight, which is a real jumpy kind of um, like flighty 
uh, time signature. There's nothing ballad about it. Anyway, check out this behind-the-scenes look at some of the music recording sessions for Luminous' Symphony of Us, including a little bit of Heartbeat Symphony Number no. 1. I, I liked it. I thought it was fine. Could you hum it back to me right now? No, because you know why? It just goes into the Jurassic Park theme song in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it, what I did find was that like the, and I'm not a musicologist, right? But like the, at the end part, the sort of high strings and, and the wind instruments or whatever. And then like the low sort of cello or whatever. There was a layer there that wasn't congruent. That seemed very disjointed to me. I could do away with the lower strings, uh, but everything else, I don't know. It just seemed, it seemed fine to me. Yes. It's, it's, it's a solid fine. I agree. It's pleasant sounding. My issue, it doesn't, it doesn't offend you to hear it, it but it's background music to me. Yes. When you walk out of Fantasmic, you're humming bump, but I'm bump, 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 bump. Like everybody's got, it's got a tune that catches you. The Main Street Electrical Parade. That was my ringtone for a long time. Is that section specifically the the guitar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Main Street Electrical Parade, a very identifiable tune that's not mistaken for anything else. Okay, so let's break this down real fast. This is just triplets. Well, I don't know what that means. Tune, but it it is very opening push. Like I could see this being the opening of an event. This is where it loses me, that kind of plateau. Then it goes up a little more, which is fine. It's more like Soren music. It's more like uh, like an exit music for Soren. That's what it is. That's exit what that is. Exit music, exa- exactly. But it's not the Soren soundtrack. It's the exit music for Soren. Yes, that's what it so, is. Where it, it's almost like they're trying to, to recall bring you back to a moment you just had but if this is the opening segment of the of the thing it, yeah there's something not connecting there but it, me, it's it fine. sounds like trailer music it sounds like it, it would be in a great trailer a movie trailer like okay there you know something's happening here but i'm not walking away going oh yeah let's hum that song you know i still it's couldn't not, do it wishes dream all the different all the different iconic songs Mm-hmm. Spectro Magic had a had a tune. They all have a tune that sort of grabbed you, and you would you would think about it later and hum it. This has no hummability later on. You're you you could never hum that back to me in 20 minutes when you're in the car on the way home. You're like do 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 now, again, this is only a clip. Maybe there is some melody that takes over. I do think in the part that you sort of dislike, there is a, like, da-da-da-da. But I don't know. I'm not really hearing it quite yet. Anyway, it's all fine. With the stage set, our symphony takes us to the first movement, titled The Tender Love of Parenthood. No, it doesn't. Stop it. You made this up. You made this up. You are a liar. And a cheat. 
the tender love of parenthood, mm-hmm. which is something that this is supposed to be connecting all of us through shared experiences. So yeah. immediately what we're going to be doing is calling out half of the people in this park right now who have not had this experience and segment them off to go, <laughs> well, we're only talking about the people who are parents now. So, mm-hmm. you know, what is that? Also, parenthood is anything but tender. It is rough and callous. <laughs> it's not a tender moment. You have them, but for the most part, it's work. First movement of our Epcot Nighttime Spectacular, the message this company needs to tell in this venue is the tender love of parenthood in a venue surrounded by 11 nations and across from a section called World Discovery. And the story that these morons need to tell me is about the tender love of parenthood, highlighting childhood moments where each of our journeys began and featuring a stirring multilingual arrangement of You'll Be In My Heart. That's how they're opening this up. After that ballad that you just heard that put you to sleep, that is elevator music, and you described it as exit music. It is, You know what it's going to be, exit music? It's because everybody is going to leave this park the minute this starts. That's exit music, okay? <laughs> so, all right, so now we're going to hear a multi-let to remind me of the tender. That's the num- That's the first thing. The symphony then transitions to Proud Corazon. Like, I don't know how that, okay, fine. That's related somehow. As we find our voice in a movement dedicated to the bonds of family. Friendship then follows with classic songs like You've Got a Friend in Me and Friend Like Me, taking us back to the days of recess and friendship bracelets. There's a voice here. There's a, there's a, a way of speaking that I'm trying to um, place like with that kind of thing. And I, I can't do it. It's almost like, like when you get emails from companies and they're trying to connect with you, but it's very clear that you've overthought this or remember a while ago in the mid two thousands or whatever, uh, the mid aughts, people were putting uh, gifts into emails and stuff like that. And that was like the thing for marketing to do. It feels like it's from that era where it's like, you know, the, recess and friendship why why are you putting recess and friendship bracelets in here not everybody has a friendship bracelet experience so and i okay there's a lot there's a lot to unpack for me jeremy number one i could tracing back i could see the idea of like okay surrounded by all these countries what do all these countries have in common uh parenthood okay they were all parent but not everybody had parents not everybody had childhood that was good or happy so if you're trying to include everybody, why are we going, why are we drilling down to parenthood? Why not breathing air? Let's have, you know what we all need? We all grew up on a planet that was relatively clean and easy to live on. Let's do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? We had, we had access to healthcare. Let's make sure everybody has that. Just, I don't know. Whatever. Good. The tagline to this theme park is the magic of possibility. I just, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. Let's think about this for a minute. Let's just think about this. The Imagineers, these venerable storytellers, sat down in a blue sky meeting and they said, what story do we need to tell at our theme park? Our very unique theme park. There's not another one in the world like it. A permanent world's fair, 11 countries around a lagoon, world discovery, world nature, magic of possibility. And the answer that they came up with 
was the tender love of parenthood and friendship bracelets? That's what this company's doing? That's what they did? And this is the thing. This is not the rough draft. This is it. This is the final. There were versions of this that got rejected. Yeah, I wonder we're what getting was the left best on the cutting room floor. Possible version of what these absolute losers can do. They aren't capable. That's clear now. If there was any doubt in anyone's mind after seeing the horrible execution at Galaxy's Edge, that stupid hotel, the Moana journey of water, all of these things that have come to us with a a, a repetition, a steady cadence of subpar execution. If you didn't know before, you know now that these people are completely incapable of doing anything good. It's over. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why the stock is sub $85 still. Illumination's Reflections of Worth was often described as an Olympics opening ceremony that took place every night. We've gone from that to friendship bracelets. I cannot tell you what a fall this is. Do you feel like we are chasing that high water mark where it's never going to is it is it ever going to get back to to uh, illuminations reflections of earth for you is is there a way because it feels like everyone's trying to do that because they understand that it was popular and they want to move things on because the progress the, the company wants to be progressive and progress forward and whatever right and do other stuff mm -hmm. but and i'm not saying that you shouldn't expect this i'm just wondering if if we're asking too much and we should just be like, that was really cool. This is okay now. And that's just the way it goes. Maybe someday soon, the next one will be better or whatever. I don't, I don't know. Cause you are very passionate about these nighttime spectaculars and I'm not right. I don't watch them. So I don't care, I guess, mm -hmm. but I, I dislike that it bothers you so much <laughs> and I want it. I want you to like it because you enjoy the thing. I'm not, but going I to like, like hearing it. your take on it. I like hearing your, your take on it because I don't know. I'm not a musical person. So I guess I'm just wondering, like, do you think that it will ever be great again for you? Mm, I don't think that this company is capable of doing impressive things. I haven't seen one. Yeah. I mean, it's well, not just buying this they're, buy, they're buying Hulu. What are you talking about? This isn't, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. <laughs> this isn't isolated to Epcot. They had a new nighttime spectacular at Magic Kingdom, Enchantment. Everyone mm. hated it universally. And they had mm. to bring back Happily Ever After, which itself is good, but not amazing. It's not the best nighttime spectacular Disney has. Like, how do you, how do you keep, how do you chase that dragon of like, you got this high and you can't quite nail it on subsequent tries? How do you get back to it? That's, you know, I don't know. They have a people problem. They have an institutional knowledge problem. They have a creativity problem. They have a bit, they have a problem. Look, look, all these Imagineers are gone. Look at what they're doing with the resorts. It's not even, it's not isolated. You know, I said it's not isolated to Epcot. It's not even isolated to nighttime spectaculars. This is hitting them everywhere. It's hitting them in, in their parades where they haven't brought back all of the character actors. It, a lot of um, happily, uh, Festival of Fantasy is, most of the actors still aren't back. It's a really, it's a shell of itself. They're de-theming, you know, we've talked about this with the hotels, de-theming and making it all really bland and modern. It looks like a West Elm. Like they've built this or they're building this new DVC at Polynesian that doesn't look in. Why not just make it look like Alani? Alani has a lot of capacity. It's huge, but it's really well themed from top to bottom. 
that would be great next to the Polynesian Resort. But instead, they're building like this mid-century modern blockhouse. It's this is everywhere. It sort of feels like Imagineers or company heads or not even company heads, but uh, division heads are trying to leave their mark because they see it. They hear about a Tony Baxter. They hear about a, uh, you know, Rolly Crump, who's very revered. Mm -hmm. Right. But oddly enough, who also internally wasn't really very revered because he never went to art school. So like a lot of Imagineers sort of poo pooed him, Mm -hmm. which I think is why he hasn't gotten his his dues yet, you know, his laurels were to, to the level of Tony Baxter, by the way, mm-hmm. which arguably Rolly contributed more to like the best parts of the park than Tony Baxter did. But that's just me. So I wonder if that's what it is where like they don't want to just make it like Alani or or like the rest of the poly does, like, you know, and just make it another arm of the poly. They have to make it something totally different. So then in 20 years, they'll get their window. Maybe. I, that could be. It seems like a selfish way to look at your contribution. Yeah. Right. But that's the only thing I can understand or the only thing I can think of as to why these misses keep happening. And the majority of people online are like, hey, this is dumb, especially us. We're like, this is not, doesn't look good. They're getting roasted for these things. But they keep doing them anyways. So I, I, the only thing I can think of it's, is that like, there's like, well, they don't understand our vision. I mean, to be, we, we haven't seen the show. I have heard, now we have heard music of it and I'm looking at a playlist. So I can't, I'm not judging the show. I'm judging the concept that they're telling me. Yes. So right. maybe the execution of this concept will be much different and it will be closer to what I have hoped. I will say that they've always had a weird problem in PR about how to talk to us, to me personally, the audience. Yeah, they use this weird language and it's almost like they talk down to me, but not really. And it's just I don't like it. It's always awkward and uncomfortable. Just speak normally. Use plain language. Uh, give me a picture. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the con- the way they're describing this is similar. I mean, usually they oversell stuff. So the way they describe <laughs> <laughs> describe this to me sounds an awful lot like harmonious. And, you know, a lot of people in the Disney community are saying, oh, gosh. They got rid of Harmonious, but they really didn't learn the lessons of Harmonious, at least according to this concept. That's all we can judge right now is the concept. Okay. I don't like the concept. I don't like that. So first of all, again, and here's the thing, and this was something that people with Harmonious always said. They were like, well, it would be a good show if it was on the castle. And that right there so misses the point is that because Epcot is such a unique space and such a unique venue to put a show that could be played on a castle there is such a disservice to it and such a wasted opportunity to not take advantage of the countries, which is why when it talked in earlier about we welcome you from every country with, you know, like a voice, I'm like, okay, good. Like World Showcase is coming to life. That was one of my biggest criticisms of Harmonious was that Harmonious just sort of like took place out in the middle of the lagoon yes. with its yeah, with it back happened. to the countries. The countries were all just like... Like stand like I'm personifying them, but they were just like there. It was that show yeah. could have taken place anywhere. Illuminations always worked in the countries to, in different versions, some more and some less. But like the countries were, it was almost like the countries were putting on a show for you. And then Harmonious came in and like acted like an idiot in front in front of everything. It was a, it was a disaster. And so it bothers me that this is sort of doesn't seem to be telling the story. It's it's like all the countries are welcome you. Okay, now we're going to tell you about the tenderness of paranoid, <laughs> which I just 
I can't even believe that they wrote this and that they're like, yeah, that's what it is. It is weird, especially because parenthood in different cultures is very different. It's very different. You know, how we look at parenthood versus how, you know, people in Mexico or people in China, like it, it just, it's different. We don't have shared experiences, even though we, yes, we all had parents, but that's not a shared experience. I mean, beyond that, that's, that's, that's where our shared experience stops. We all had different childhoods. We all were raised differently. But the fact that we were conceived and born, yes, then we all share that. But talk about the miracle of life. Don't talk about the tenderness of parenthood. That's dumb. I also think I can I I think that there is a um there is something admirable about wanting to teach us what connects us all and what all the things that we have in common. Agreed. It's good to remind us that we aren't just separate all the time but we are human beings and we're all we all have a lot in common right but i don't know that an arrangement of you'll be in my heart followed by prod corazon is the one that is what's gonna do that so like you got a friend in my parents i get it but like the the, these songs don't do that they're not doing that that's not the message anyone's gonna want no one's gonna be like oh yeah tenderness we're connected you'll be in my heart it's just a way for them to play that stupid song that's in every every other disney nighttime spectacular well right and i that's what i think misses the mark for me with these kinds of things and the way that they put feelings on songs disney specifically is that they're telling us that this is how we're gonna feel or this is the the motivation behind why they did it but it's all bs because nobody and you just said it nobody is going to walk away feeling closer to people that they don't know because of this musical arrangement. It, 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 it will not happen. It does not happen. We aren't there for that. We are there for entertainment. So make it sound good. Right. And give me bright, shiny lights, maybe a couple honks, maybe an explosion or two. That's what I want to see. What I don't want to, to be aware of is that you are trying to, you know, remind me of my childhood and friendship bracelets with uh, these, you know, strings. I, I just, it doesn't, for me, Disney feels like they need to be motivated by feelings to, to then execute a plan, whether it's a show or a ride or whatever. And it doesn't need to be that way. I would love it if Disney was like, dude, we have this really cool idea. So, you know, here it is. It's a boulder that it's like a kinder egg and you have to break it open collectively or whatever, right? It's just a cool idea that we had. It doesn't have anything to do with feelings. Just here it is. It's a cool thing we did. This is why Illuminations was so perfect is because it started off with the Big Bang and the history of the Earth, which is both astronomy, history, science, which is that side of the park. And then it told the story of humanity coming to Earth, establishing countries and showing all of our innovations as a people together. So it was a perfect transition from future world to world showcase and then it said, okay, now here we are. Now we go forward together as one. Yeah. You, that was it. That, that was us. That it's, here's our history, our common history, our nations together, our innovations. And now we're all going to hold hands and go together as one. You did it, Disney. You already did it. You don't need, you've got a friend in me to tell the story. You have it. That's the high water. And mark. we all love you it. Can't, I, I don't think you can get better than that. You go on. The Disney Parks blog, which usually they're pretty good at editing out the negative comments. And people are like, oh, this is almost me giving me illuminations feelings. It's like, take the hint, guys. You shouldn't <laughs> want to almost give us those feelings. You should want to just give us those right. feelings. Just yes. bring it back. Give us new tech. Upgrade the tech. Make a better Earth globe. High res. 4K. Whatever you got to do. 
Give me new lasers, okay? And let's go. Yeah. Shoot me across the lagoon in a cannon. That's what I want. Get Pinar Topek out of here. She can't write. All she could do, she made four chords that sound nice to each other. I could go to a piano right now and do that in 10 minutes. It's not that hard. The article continues. Set to a sweeping arrangement of So Close, a personal favorite hidden gem from Disney's Enchanted. Sorry, I'm going to dis- dissect this one. So Close from Disney's Enchanted. How is that a hidden gem? I can name two nighttime spectaculars that that song is already in at Disneyland Paris and at (laughs) Disney California Adventure in World of Color. It might not be in the current version of World of Color. I haven't seen that thing, but it's part of that. So it's I don't know that we're calling that a hidden gem. It's it's like an obvious gem. It's like when people list like Ghostbusters as a cult classic. You're like, no, that's not (laughs) that's not it. You know. Okay, but then the show moves on. Inevitably in life, we experience the quiet loneliness of loss. But when she loved me and remember me bring us into the unknown, the echoes of those around us remind us that we're never truly alone. So not only do we have parenthood and friendship bracelets in common, but people die. The loneliness of death, but also we're not ever alone, but we're lonely. But we're alone, but we're not alone. Are we alone or are we not alone? Is the loneliness here with us now? Can you believe this? (laughs) This is a show concept. This is not armchair imagineering like and someone got drunk. This is it. This is actually what they've done. As we come out of the darkness, the music crescendos to I see the light. Oh, yeah. We never heard. That's never in in it. I'm surprised. I will tell you this. There's no Moana in this. And that is a blessing because they are putting that every it's everywhere. So there is no Moana. I guess I have to be thankful for something. And then we come into our finale and our second original song entitled Beating of Our Hearts. Number two. Wasn't the first one called like Heartbeat of America or something like that? The first one was Heartbeats. This one's called Beating of the Hearts. <laughs> the third one will be The Hearts That Beat. It's so stupid. And the fourth one is beat my heart. All right, here we go. You are a part of me, and I am a part of you. Just like a symphony, different melodies live in harmony. I, I, that's the finale. Yeah, they're trying to recreate We Go On. They're never going to do it. No, I, yeah, you put the drums and stuff you hear. I didn't mind the orchestration, the singing and the words I did not like. I agree with you 100% on that. There you Just go. Take Perfect. out the vocals, but they don't have the stones. They're not, they don't have the, uh, they don't have the gumption to take out the vocals because then people might not get the story. If you aren't being told word for word what's happening, you won't get it, guys. You have to hear the words. (laughs) As someone who's, this is him continuing, it's as we're wrapping it up. As someone whose Disney career began in World Showcase, it's hard to express how much the nighttime spectaculars mean to me. I hope this first look makes you as excited as I am to share this new symphony together. 
part of the grand finale as grand finale as we near the completion of the multi-year transformation of that god it's not even gonna be done by then it they won't be finished tearing out a fountain and putting in trees by then <laughs> what struck me there was that, like something about if you go back to the line where it says i hope this makes you as excited as it does me to share what, what what was that? We'll go back to that. I hope this first look makes you as excited as I am to share this new symphony together. Right. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I hope this first look makes you as excited as I am to share this look together. So no, to share that he wants you to be he's excited to go see this symphony. Yeah. And he hopes that this first look makes you excited to go see it, too. That's what he needed to say. He doesn't know how to say that. Right. But instead, he <laughs> needs to throw in the word together. And that, that, then that confuses everything. It's like, but wait, you want this to make me as excited as you're excited about sharing it. Then I should be excited about sharing it together. <sighs> Whatever. He got the buzzwords out of order. It's excited, share, <laughs> excited, <laughs> symphony, share, excited, you, me, excited, share, symphony. Yeah. Okay. Chat Thank GPT, you. It's you, a you run a PR firm. You are, I need you to, to craft a, P, a press release on a new nighttime spectacular listing these five buzzwords, sharing emotions, tenderness, sharing, feeling, capture, enter. So there, are, there were two um, comments on the Disney Park blog article that I wanted to share with you, um, and neither of them was written by me. The first <laughs> one is celebrating parenthood with You'll Be In My Heart celebrating friendship with friend like me and you've got a friend in me that's literally happy ever after it's a magic kingdom show not epcot says ryan and then the next comment is this show is going to bomb just as bad as harmonious no one at disney understands epcot it's very obvious with the recent additions all you want to do is stuff the park full of ip and not develop anything original spicy wow nothing will ever top illuminations so until you hire Gavin Greenaway again to write 2.0 to that show, people are going to hate the nighttime shows here. And that was uh, Chase wrote that. So I agree with both Ryan and Chase. I'm surprised that those comments are up because I've written half the vitriol that that has. And it's, it never even got posted. Well, they probably fired all the moderators. I know they absolutely did. I mean, they cleared out their entire social media team. Nobody and they're inundated. And, they gotta, yeah. go. and at one point they just had like managers posting. And that's how that's where you got like the weird posts and the stuff that didn't mean anything. Or they're like, happy Thursday with a picture of Donald. It's like, oh, cool. I love this content because the well, managers don't know anything. This is probably a stretch, but I also wonder or hope that maybe someone who works in their moderating department, the, the, the person who's left working in their moderating area, like maybe liked illuminations and agrees with these people <laughs> i don't know they had to go they 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 couldn't moderate because they had a code v to take care of it's a janitorial because it's a joke um are you done yes okay let's take a quick break on that jeremy uh my apologies i interrupted you a lot but uh I, i'm interested in these kinds of of things and how they impact uh people like you they do impact me <laughs> yeah all right, everyone, we're going to take a quick break, everybody. Uh, hang on. We'll be right back with Ears Up In Depth. I got a couple more news stories, and uh, uh, Jeremy has one, too, that'll... Uh, yeah, it's going to be quick. ...blow you away. In-depth, reporting Disney news that's probably not made up. 
Hey, what's up? Speaking of something that's probably not made up, but a lot of people wish it was. <laughs> this is from insider.com. Disney, this is okay. You guys know how I feel about news articles and just basically anything in general. But this is the entire headline of this article. Disney is suddenly and without warning cracking down on third-party tour guides, comma, some of which have operated for decades and help curate park experiences for disabled visitors. That's the headline. I have heard this. I haven't read past Interesting, the headline. Yeah, I've never, uh, well, you don't need to anymore, you know? So it tells like a little story. Nicholas Dennis was waiting to enter Disney World in Orlando with his clients last month when a park manager pulled him out of line. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis is a third-party tour guide. He said he was waiting with clients at the time to help them navigate the park. When Dennis walked away with the manager, he said two Orange County police officers greeted him. Corrine, one of Dennis's clients who was present at the time, said she, quote, felt horrible as she watched the scene unfold. Quote, it felt like he had done something terribly wrong the way that they pulled him aside and spoke to him, said Corrine. And then they have to say, whose last name is known to Insider and has been withheld for privacy concerns. Like, just don't even, just don't worry about it. After speaking with park staff, Dennis said a police officer handed him a trespass notice and told him he was indefinitely banned from all Walt Disney World properties. He said the officer told him the ban could be appealed via a handwritten letter addressed to Disney's security director after one year. <laughs> I love that they only accepted handwritten. Handwritten, you got to put in some work and you got to wait one full year, one full calendar year. <laughs> Is this typed 363 <laughs> days in advance? Get out of here. Yeah, I mean, you have a whole year to work in your handwriting. You might as well, you know, use Could it, it be typed, uh, quote, but then like signed? Handwritten. Wow. I will not do it again. You have to write it a hundred times. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. That would actually be really funny just to send it in with like, you had to do sentences too. Unauthorized commercial activities are not permitted at Disney World, as clearly stated in our property rules, a Disney spokesperson told Insider in a statement. A spokesperson for the Orange County Sheriff's Office told Insider that they have deputies assigned to work at the park every day. Insider spoke with nine third-party business owners and tour guides impacted by a crackdown on their services, five of whom have received the notices themselves. Several say that they've been operating for years, one for nearly three decades, and have never had an issue before. Only in Iger's America, man. <laughs> yeah. M many of the businesses help clients secure dining and lodging reservations at Disney World, design their itineraries, and help them navigate the parks. Um, several third-party business owners also told Insider that they provide services at a lower rate than Disney, which charges $450 to $900 per hour for private tours. One Third-party operators said their prices range from $180 to $250 an hour, while others said their rates can go to $300 an hour. But you don't get the same benefits because the Disney official Correct. ones can take you to the front of the line. You can eat in any restaurant. Like, you don't have to have advanced dining reservations. Like, there's a lot of other benefits for that additional money that these outside third-party organizations can't get you. That's correct. Now, several owners and tour guides say they're facing financial insecurity as their jobs vanish, and they just want a seat at the table with Disney to find a solution. There is no solution. There is no seat at the table. You are not allowed to do this thing. You can't do this thing. They're not going to make an exception because you're doing what you're giving guided tours. First of all, I don't even know how they catch these people. How do you even catch them? 
don't even know. Um, none of us are attempting to portray Disney in a negative light, but are just desperate for answers. Alana Crutchfield, a third-party guide and owner of Elevate Amusement, told Insider. Ramon Rodriguez has run his business, Theme Park Concierges, for 12 years. He received a trespass notice on October 4th. He says, we provide a service to Disney itself by bringing clients, high-end clients, said Rodriguez. My clients aren't eating hamburgers and hot dogs and popcorn. They go to Disney's high-end restaurants. They stay at Disney's luxury hotels. First of all, what a terrible thing to say, because everyone reading this goes, oh, what, am I now I'm not high-end because I'm eating a friggin' hamburger in Epcot? Get yeah. out of my face, yeah, about dude. This, yeah, way to gain sympathy from the public dick face. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> right. Also, you're telling me Disney's high-end restaurants, that means that you're, uh, that you're a high-end client because you eat at Carthay? I eat at Carthay. It doesn't, like, who, what are you talking about, dude? Like, you, you go to Napa Rose... And therefore, you're a high-end client. Also, if you were a high-end client, you would just get a friggin' VIP tour guide at Disney Yeah, World. you're not that high-end. But that's how the middle, that's like the, how the upper middle class is. Is like they, they, they put on <laughs> yeah. the airs of being super rich, but they actually aren't. So it's like, oh, I wouldn't be caught dead at Pizza Rizzo. <laughs> yeah, I have a D&G belt, <laughs> but, you know, it's wrapped around Levi's. So it's right. fine. <laughs> Um, but there are some kind of like sad, sadder ones too. Like that guy, I don't really care about. But uh, <laughs> this guy, Murray Krasnov, runs a third-party concierge and tour guide business. He told Insider his company has operated since '96 and has never had an issue with security before last month. His company specializes in helping visitors who have disabilities navigate the park. I have four families in November, and I have a party of 17 over Christmas week with three people with special needs. Krasnov told Insider, I've been on the phone with them saying, I'm sorry to tell you this. Now they're all stressing out about what can be done. I don't know. I think you have to then designate someone else to go in your place, I guess. No, Disney makes accommodations for people who are special needs already. They don't need third party tour guide. Yeah, but like, I, I, I guess what I don't understand is, number one, why does Disney care? Well, I mean... I mean, I guess that's it. Why, why do they care so much? Because you're right. Did they, they do make accommodations for people with disabilities and, you know, whatever, right? Um, but if, if these people want to hire somebody who is a Disney Parks pro, who knows how to go, who knows how to read the, the thing or whatever, the uh, Genie Plus can figure all that stuff out. They don't have to do it if they don't want to. They're they're wealthy enough to pay somebody to do it. Let them pay somebody to do it. Why do you why does Disney care about it? Well, and it is interesting because I actually am um friends with a VIP tour guide and they're busy as hell. Like they they it's not like they're looking for um or like dying for clients. Like they're all scheduled out. They were working eight days a week. Like they're, they're, they're very busy. And in fact, they've been hiring more and more VIP tour guides because the demand is so high. So it's not like it's like this limited supply. Disney's already making a lot of money. I, I don't know why they don't want it other than that. Like it is sort of weird that people are making money on top of the parks. And that does add more people into the parks who probably wouldn't be there. I mean, they're paying to be there, but that is taking the, if in, a, in especially in a park where you have park reservations, that's a reservation that could be going to someone who's not there to make a buck that would like just to like to go and enjoy the parks. So I do think like 
especially, you know, he's this guy's doing it during Christmas week when the parks do close to capacity. Um, you know, that's a, that's an annual pass holder or someone else that couldn't go because they're over there making money off as tour guides. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, but well, but these people were going to go anyways. Like the they're tour booking guide their vacation. Yeah, but that's one person. That, I'm but not that's worried. one you know more I mean? person who's a regular customer who could have gone. But the you could make the argument that the tour guide is a regular customer also because they're going so often that they're leading tours, you know? Yeah, I suppose you could make the argument. <laughs> and anyway, this, the story goes on that there's a, a lot of these people, this was their only source of income and now they don't know what to do. Uh, that Rodriguez guy said he had to return 25 grand to his clients. He was forced to cancel their trips after receiving his trespass notice. Several of the business owners and tour guides told insider all they want is to work with Disney to find a solution. But again, I don't understand how they're getting caught. I don't, I don't get that. I mean, maybe it's like clear if you're leading a group of people around or whatever that like, Hey, what are you doing? But it sounds like, these people are just being pulled out of line. We know who you are. Here's your, here's your trespass notice. They're seeing these people every day. They have facial recognition software. They see how often you're going into the parks. They see you leading a group of people and talking to them all the time. It, it, I'm sure they do eventually start to stand out. There's a lot of regular, you know, the cast members are paying attention. Their security is paying attention. They're all watching and those patterns start to emerge. I'm sure they're like, oh, here's that one again with another group yeah. of people. And he's standing at the There's front Murray. talking to them. Yeah. Murray Crosby. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, it's, I don't sort see of a problem stinks, with it. Stinks, but also, why they, are you making your say... living on such like shifting sands? Like it's a theme park that like, you, they tell you you're not supposed to be doing doing commercial things in there. So why are you making an entire industry off of it? It's pretty. You should be happy that you made the money you did, and they before they caught on to you, you got away with it. That's kind of how I feel. And a couple notes that I skipped in that article. One was that you know even though business is uh, you know, the money exchanges hands off site the uh, service is being redeemed on site. So so Disney's calling that doing business on company grounds, mm -hmm. right? So like through the whole day, you're just, you're, so I don't know. I feel like it's a weird letter of the law, but there was an, uh, another section in there where a couple of these tour guides were like, yeah, I do know people in the business that are unethical. Like they tell people to go get um, a disabled pass mm -hmm. by saying you have IBS or something like that and you can't stand in line. And so, and they're like, yeah, I know it happened. And so maybe there's something along those lines too, where like, it kind of just ruins the party for everybody. If you have, you know, someone pee in the pool kind of thing. Well, that was a few years ago that first came to light. So that there were people who had disability passes and they were acting as the tour guides and that's how they were getting people to the front of the lines. So Disney cut that Jeez. out. So now you just got tour guides who are like helping. I will say on behalf of the people who are going to the parks and these tour guides, Disney has created a need for them because they have made it so difficult for the average person to understand how to get into these parks. I still, I couldn't tell you the other, I was there, uh, I don't know, a month ago. And I wanted to see if I could do this new journey of water walkthrough thing. Like, I don't know why, like I need to do that. You do need to do it for this show specifically. I will go, I'm going to go in soon, but I, <laughs> 
And I'm like, I don't even know how to get on a virtual queue, honestly. Like, I think it's in the app, but like, it's not even, it's not like there's a big section of the app that says virtual queue. Like you have to go to another section that doesn't <laughs> say virtual queue. And so it's like, you know, they created uh, this need by making it so complex yeah. and annoying that people would rather pay two to $300 for a person to just figure it An out. hour. Yes, exactly. Which is why I like concierge, because you can do all that stuff off site. You don't need to be on site with a client, like leading a tour. Here's all your stuff. Here's how you do it. Message me if you have any problems, but I already made all your reservations. I've already done everything for yeah. you. And you just go and you experience. I just don't, I don't know, man. Look, if you have enough money to hire these people, awesome. Good for you. Come Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash ears up. But otherwise, like, do you think Disney looks at it from the standpoint of, okay, these people, this is two to $300 an hour that they're spending on a whole day. That's money that could be going to souvenirs food and things like that i don't think that i i think they want to it's like when uh streaming sites crack down on password sharing mm. i feel like it's like we're missing money on the same thing so maybe not souvenirs but like these people want tour guides we have tour guides you just have to pay double the price an hour and you get other stuff so i i think it's i think it's that they're just yeah. they want those customers like your friend said they're hiring people all the time for VIP tour guides. There's a demand for it. So why do we want to turn them away from our services? Now we're the only game in town. You can't go third party all the time now. That's my story. Well, it's the happiest place of them all, but some people are pooping in the hall. <laughs> <laughs> you heard about this? This was all over. You I must have, have seen this. Oh, absolutely. this is the only news that you could you can't swing a dead cat without hitting this one. Riders yeah. at Disneyland and Walt Disney World have been defecating. <laughs> I just had never thought I would read those words. You know what I like about you, Jeremy, is that like most people will just laugh at like poop jokes, but you are too elevated for that. You have to laugh at defecation. I only laugh at defecation. <laughs> yeah. You say poop to me. I'm never going to no. laugh. See, pee pee. No, but if you say urine or urea, <laughs> forget about it. I'm on the floor, Excrement, buddy. don't even. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, writers at Disneyland and Walt Disney World have been defecating in the attraction queues, according to people who have posted uh, the site on social media. Twice in the last month, posters on the Disney World subreddit. By the way, let me pause this for a second. I happen to look back at our feedback on iTunes. And someone called us Reddit bros. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Which I was like, I, I love that. I don't lot. even have Reddit. So I don't know what that is. But I suppose if I'm referencing articles that are referencing Reddit, I'm a Reddit bro. Whatever that means. I've never heard Reddit bros before, but I understand the connotation. It's not good. But it's, it wasn't it's like, like we're like inside the magic where we just like troll Reddit <laughs> and then get stories and then read it. It's like, that's not, this is one person who's listened to our show one time. Oh yeah. He heard and that. Thinks they know everything about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, there you yeah, go. We're Reddit bros. So I went at. This is why I never read. I never read. I never read <laughs> reviews. Really. I can't. It's just, it's full. So stupid. People are just. Dumb. It made me laugh because I was like, well, I'm talking about Reddit this week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty uh, good. Posters on the Disney World subreddit commented in fury and horror about the cursed things they said they'd seen while in line. 
Quote, I am in the queue for Rise of the Resistance. Someone let their kid take a dump on the floor and then just walked away and left it. What? WTF. Someone who claimed to work as a cast member replied and said, for the skeptics, this actually happened. Here's a fun fact. This was one of three defecation-related, uh, they used a different word, defecation-related incidents uh -huh. at Rise of the Resistance today. Less fun fact, I, the cast member, was here for all of them. On another thread, a commenter bemoaned the behavior of park guests at the wildly popular attraction Flight of Passage. Bodily fluids no longer bother me after working at Disney, they wrote. Let's just say that the attraction I work at has what has, has what the cast ended up dubbing the poop hall because of the amount of times guests have gone in there and pooped. We even put up a camera and it didn't stop them. <laughs> Which, well, how obvious was the camera? You, right. And also at that point, go for it. Dude, like you're, this is an emergency. Well, um, but also at the end of the line, your can't your face will be shown just like it is on like the pictures for you know space man. Like there we are. Oh look, there's Kevin. Yeah, just like a frozen <laughs> with like poop face. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, you're like half crowning. You're crouched <laughs> yeah. and crowning. And at that yeah. point, oh, that's a good British pub. The crouched, crouched and crown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um. So, you know, don't do that. Put that on Reddit. Now, you'll remember, yeah, actually, do we talked about here um, on Flight of Passage when, remember, a few years ago, someone got peed, uh, someone got peed on the leg in that queue. Yes. Yeah, remember yeah, yeah. We talked yeah, about yeah. that. And then they have since installed a restroom at the halfway point of that queue. Yeah. And I have used it. Yeah? Yeah. And in fact... It wasn't even a very long queue that day, but I just had to go. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know what? It's, it's just like the uh, trash cans, man. If you have enough of them, people will use them. If you don't have enough of them, there's going to be trash on the if floor. If you build it, they will come. It's true. Yeah. They, they built poop, it. That's absolutely. I went in there. <laughs> now, you'll remember our friends uh, Ken Pellman and Lynn Barron, who co-authored the book Cleaning the Kingdom. Yes. They worked as custodians at Disneyland in the 90s and early 2000s, and they discussed in their book a code H, which was originally a term that custodial staff used to indicate horse crap for when the, you know, the horse, uh, horses that pull the Main Street vehicles on Main Street needed mm -hmm. to go clean yeah. up. They had a code H, code H. Well, the term has been kept in use and has sort of morphed into the term for a human crap oh, as well, God. code H. So um, it is definitely a thing, and it's been a thing for some time, it seems, given what we know from the, our friends at Cleaning the Kingdom. So people are pooping. <laughs> That's, These lines are too long. <laughs> so you know what? I, I read the thing, and you told me very graciously that uh, you were going to do the story, and I was like, okay, good. I don't have to. And then I asked the few cast members that I know, and nobody has heard of this oh. or has not experienced this. So I don't know, like, how prevalent it is to have articles written about it. I have seen someone peeing okay. in, the, in a queue. It was a child. Sure. But I watched a well, mother that's let not her I, kid pee in the bushes on a, in a queue. I think I've seen that. My before. friend did say that on her ride that she manned, uh, a kid pooped while on the ride. And uh, she never followed up. I said... Uh, well, that ride was already a piece of excrement. How did you know it ever happened? Because she used to do maters. 
Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. It's a very funny joke to me. But yeah, like my other friends, like I've never, I don't know, never heard of it. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's not as widespread as, as I guess this article would make it seem. Well, it seems like these cast members are saying that this happens daily. That's gross. Multiple times in their shifts. And I don't understand. Yeah, I, I guess that's the Gen Xer in me, like the cynical, you know, the someone who grew up with the Internet growing together. You know, mm. it, I just don't trust anything that anybody says right. unless you yeah. have a picture of yourself in your cast member outfit selfieing with a big turd. Uh, that's the only way I'm going to believe it. I've never. Otherwise, I'm like, ah, I don't doubt. I, don't, I, I doubt. It. I have never seen a poop. I have, as I said, seen someone peeing. Um, what I did see once, this was really peculiar, was in our big Thunder Mountain, we have these like metal cranks. And if you, you turn the crank and then like an explosion will go off over in the distance. So like it's like stuff to do while you're in. Okay. The, so there's this crank, but it's at like hey. human, like our waist level. Okay. Yeah. Something to do. Crank one out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I saw yeah. a little kid who's, you know, whose head would be at waist height and he put the, the lever in his mouth. And he was turning Stop. it. He was turning it like with his whole body, like. <laughs> oh Can you imagine how many hands had been on it? And then he was. Hands are so mouth. gross. I mean, he probably is mutated by now into some like bizarre super freak. I know, and so that now I'm disgusting. like, well, I guess I'll just never touch any of those. Yeah. And, well, the, the next kid will come along and clean it. You know, it's like. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I mean, Disgusting. kids are bizarre. Meanwhile, dude. I have totally touched one since then. So. <laughs> um, I had one quick story uh, about Bob Iger bringing people back into the fold. It, basically, uh, I'll do it real fast. Uh, Kevin Meyer said uh, that Bob Iger enlisted him to advise Disney because he needed, quote, part of his team back. Hmm. He says, uh, He's from Candle Media CEO, and he's a former top Disney executive. Uh, says he was welcome back. And well, yeah. he works. He's the other co CEO with Tom Staggs, the dearly departed, who was um, director of parks. He was he was Josh tomorrow before Josh tomorrow was Josh tomorrow. Oh, damn. oh no, and then he was go. CFO, I think. He said he was welcome back into the Disney fold as a strategic advisor to Bob Iger. He says, quote, I can't tell you what advice I'm giving to Bob and I suppose to the board, but look, he needed some part of his team back, Meyer said, speaking at the Yahoo Finance Invest Conference in New York on Tuesday morning. He came back to a company that had vastly changed. The previous leadership under Bob Chapek had been making some decisions that probably Bob Iger would not have taken if he was CEO. But when you come back into a situation where there's a massive change from when you left and the team that you've had before and relied on before were gone, it left them in a position where he really wanted to have some people that he trusted, you know, tell him what they thought. And that's what I'm doing. I'm not spending an enormous amount of time, but I was at the company for a long time. Iger, Meyer says, was one of the, quote, best CEOs in American history. Well, of course, you're going to say that your new daddy's hiring you. <laughs> yeah. And felt like he had an obligation to return to Disney. Iger was disappointed to, quote, see the company not live up to the standards that he had set forth. So stepping back into it was something I think he felt that he had to do. He's not one of the best CEOs in history. It's it's demonstrable. He's brought the com the company stock has gone down. He made the bed that Disney is lying in right now. And part of the thing, one of the most important 
uh, characteristics of a successful and a good, strong leader is talent development and succession planning. He is manifestly incapable of doing that. And so therefore, as far as I'm concerned, he's not, he's no good. Um, I do think there's a lot of talk around what you're, what you bring up. There's a lot of people who speculate that Disney will acquire Candle Media, which would put Kevin Mayer and Tom Staggs at the helm of Disney when Bob Iger leaves. And it would be kind of like back in the day when you had Frank Wells and Michael Eisner running the company at one is the president and or one is the COO and one is the CEO. They were, they're saying that that is a, a very likely scenario that could happen. And that this is the first. They did mention something in the bottom of that where like, there's a rumor about an acquisition or whatever, but didn't Bob Iger say that he's not going to make any major purchases? I don't understand. It's almost like we can't trust this man. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, Jared, I think that's it, man. I think let's get out of here. That's what I think. I liked it. I liked it, too, <laughs> man. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I appreciate it. If uh, you're out and about, especially if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, which why wouldn't you want to be, come visit the 21st Amendment Brewery in San Francisco, and as well as in San Leandro, because they have two locations because they're that great. One is uh, in San Francisco at 563 2nd Street, which is near Giant Stadium. So if you're a baseball fan, and I don't know why you would be, you can go in there and pop in, especially during game days. It gets pretty wild over there. So that's a lot of fun. And then if you're looking for kind of a more laid back place with a nice, cool beer garden to hang out and go to the San Leandro location. It's in the old Kellogg's uh, plant factory where they made like a uh, pop tart and you know cornflakes and stuff it's kind of fun anyway great beer great people as always so check them out 21st amendment and uh food too which is always really important anyway thanks a lot for tuning in everybody um i have uh i think that's it i don't have anything else to say all right jeremy what's going on spectra radio Real fast. Oh, nothing Talk to nothing me. really i mean i just wrapped Perfect. up halloween and christmas will be coming around thanksgiving all the christmas music I love it. Man, I just, I saw the day after Halloween, November 1st, I saw an ad on TV, a commercial with a Christmas song, and I vomited. It's too early. Every year I wrestle with when to start playing the Christmas music on Spectra, but um, I, I think like the to day hold after Thanksgiving is the best time. That's the perfect time. During the pandemic, I went early, but normally I do uh, go a bit later. I, last year, I think I did it on Thanksgiving Day. So I like that too. That's fine. Also, because there is no Thanksgiving music, might as well just absorb it into Christmas. Yeah. Plus, yeah. nobody's listening. <laughs> yeah. And now we will. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We'll see you.